In the production of aircraft, new materials and methods to make new products are constantly being applied. To make these gigantic airframes practical, structures lighter, stronger, and more economical than aluminum were needed. The technology of glass merged with that of plastics has provided them. Planned by the Rome and Haas Company, pioneers and principal producers of acrylic plastics to show architects, designers, and homeowners just how plexiglass can add to the beauty and comfort of the home, this home of tomorrow, this dream suite, reveals new uses for plexiglass in walls, doors, and fixtures, glamorous effects in accessories and fittings, inviting and warm to the touch, amazingly light in weight, yet strong and shatter resistant. Truly a dream suite of tomorrow, built around the amazing properties of the most glamorous plastic of all, plexiglass. Plastics. Exactly how do you mean? There's a great future in plastics. Think about it. Will you think about it? Yes, I will. Enough said. That's a deal. Welcome to Voice Print Identification. It's 2001. A Space Policy. I'm Wes. And I'm Brad. Thank you. You are cleared through Voice Print Identification. Open the pod bay doors, please, Hal. If you want to go to the Kubrick exhibit, the exhibition is in Madrid. It's in the Fine Arts Circle. Tickets for 13... Now, considering Kubrick had a habit of destroying most of his props and extraneous materials, what kind of museum are we talking about here? The things in his archive, which are still available to see, um, there's actually a really good walkthrough that Adam Savage did a few years back when it visited uh, uh, San Francisco. A true nerd. Yeah, he's he's right on it. And yeah, he was looking at the camera that Kubrick bought to make Barry Lyndon because it was the only camera that could fit the lenses that NASA sent him. Wow. That they modded and reworked the camera and in fact the entire real feeding mechanism inside the camera. But a bunch of his private lenses on display a bunch of costumes that were in his private archive because the things that he didn't have destroyed from 2001 otherwise he obsessively collected everything so it looks like it would be an incredible thing but yeah there's a great little walk through there got a great big dollar sign there where most women have a heart so play it smart stay in character and you'll have money plenty of it george will have it he'll blow it all on you so what 
What makes you think or know that you're going to have several hundred thousand dollars? Because I do. I just can't talk about it, that's all. Not even to me, your little share. I shouldn't have even mentioned I was going to have it. It's not that I mind. I know I can trust you. But if these other guys these ever... These other guys? I can't talk about the cherry. You ever take a few thousand? I figured the loot on this deal at two million. Huh? There should be that much in the track offices. The Killing has come to 4K thanks to Kilo Lorber on their Studio Classics label. We got uh, a beautiful new restoration from all accounts by the, the few reviews that I have read. The video and sound quality, excellent. Looks like we got a good audio commentary on here as well by Alan K. Road. The original think, format that it was shot in? The original format was 35, okay. and it, it was a beautiful packaging that Criterion put out when they had the license a few years ago, and the DVD of that is crisp and clean as it can get. Quite honestly, it's one of the ones that, because it's in the United Artists MGM library that Sony now owns, I, a.k.a. Amazon, now that they've bought Sony, um, this is actually a case of a film that has been treated really well, fortunately, due to an early recognition of the importance of the makers of the film. Because right after this movie, The Killing, was Paths of Glory. And right after Paths of Glory was Spartacus. Wow. So, they, they, thankfully, this film has been well taken care of. And I think it's a movie that... Um, because there are no effects, per se, there are no visual effects in the movie, I think uh, a 4K would certainly do it no harm whatsoever, especially if you have a home projector, which I do, even though it's not 4K. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you ever seen The Killing? The Killing no. is really interesting. Not yet. Well, I'll tell you what... Um, any any transfer you can find is honestly in, in really good shape. And I'm sure this is fantastic. Yeah, no. Um, haven't seen it. Would love to see it. Uh, can't wait to watch it with you on your projector. Absolutely. I imagine um, this is a this is a replica Tadio setup, right? I've, oh, absolutely. That you've got. Yeah, no, I've, that, you, that I've, you've created. I, mm -hmm. I have created. Yeah, exactly. With its own <laughs> anamorphic lens. <laughs> through the uh the majesty of 3d printing yes exactly <laughs> so this is a great news because it it keeps things fresh the more these things get re-released as silly as it seems sometimes to those of us who feel like we're double and triple dipping and i you know i don't have any 4k equipment so we'll be purchasing this anytime soon but it is important to remember that it's keeping these things alive and purchasing them keeps funding the opportunities to keep these films fresh and in the best condition they can be. Did we talk about um, disclosure on our pre-pre? Uh, I can't remember. E.T. disclosure? Well, it's yeah, essentially, but I think I was kind of like referencing disclosure and declassification to um, how they were hiding the truth of the monolith from society. 
how it was kind of black boxed with the oh, with the outbreak and everything. Um, the the scene where they're finally brought in to be briefed on the monolith before they visit the actual site, uh, they're told implicitly that this is top secret. Um, in the novel, one of the scientists that greets Floyd uh, before his conference is a uh, a Russian international that had worked with him in the past. He keeps trying to pry information out of him because they know that the base has been quarantined, but they don't know why. All information has been completely redacted. There is absolutely no one going in or out. And it is supposedly for safety protocols mm -hmm. and Floyd just deflects, deflects, deflects the whole time. It's really wild. Yeah. Dr. Floyd, at the risk of pressing you on a point you seem reticent to discuss, may I ask you a straightforward question? Well, certainly. Quite frankly, we have had some very reliable intelligence reports that quite a serious epidemic has broken out at Cleary's something apparently of an unknown origin. This is in fact what has happened. Uh, sorry, Dr. Smith-Love, but uh, I'm really not at liberty to discuss this. I understand. But this epidemic could quite easily spread to our base. Uh, we should be given all the facts, Dr. Floyd. Yes, I, I know. As I said, I'm not at liberty to discuss it. He has to. He, he he's he's kind of, you know, bound by like whatever that equivalent of um, maybe. Oof, I don't even know what branch. FBI, CIA, you know, whatever. Some intelligence service. Yeah. But they tell them in the briefing, you know, you, you can't share any information of this is top secret and when they start describing what they found you know they were all just more confused than anything just like what is it yeah <laughs> but but earnestly they just didn't know and the fact that they can't even openly discuss the findings they're having to sequester information and make it seem like, oh, it's just a viral outbreak. Oh, it's a quarantine situation. It's not like a humanity threat level artifact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the the blase way they kind of like cover it up is so realistic and very believable. But what's wild too is in 2001, we have uh, the US doing this to Russia. And in 2010, we have uh, Russia doing this to the United States, basically just showing that that both sides are um, capable and culpable. Yes, and likely to to act in this way and and use this kind of protocol. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if this were not already United States protocol. And we certainly wouldn't be a bit surprised if Stanley had minions to go out and see if that could be the case. But if it weren't. By now, it most likely has been codified from the movie and the film and from thinking about it all this time since when we've had to deal with uh, undisclosed and disclosed documents on both sides of this. Redacted, 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 redacted. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. 
Leonard Rossiter is the guy who plays the um, male Russian scientist in that group who's a hilarious actor. You'll know him from Barry Lyndon as the scorned lover. I love him and everything he does. He also did these great Chinsano commercials for Alan Parker in the 70s, which were just classic slapstick 30-second just genius, that guy. Ah, oh, Melissa, darling. Careful of the aperitif, eh? We're all right, darling. Ah, oh, sweet of you. Gingin. That's Vincenzo's. Oh, some local brew, is it? You've been pulling my leg, darling. Those fine Italian rosé wines, that subtle blend of herbs and spices, that's a Cinzano rosé, you little tease. It's my Cinzano rosé. Oh, and that's Vincenzo. Ah, Buenos Aires. Ah, we're just here for the winter break, are we? Ah, excellent, eh? Hey, there's this. Cinzano dry, oh, Haven't seen this in a long later. <laughs> Have they done it again, we ask ourselves? <laughs> Oh, my wee. Oh, oh, a light, sophisticated, dry drink that is quintessentially dry. They have a lot more rapport in the novel, too. Mm. Um, they kind of uh, knew each other from a previous endeavor and talk about their family and children together. Uh, so we're <clears throat> really supposed to, on screen, see the... I guess, like, the charismatic bond between mm -hmm. the two of them, which is interesting. It is interesting, because you're wondering why this group... I mean, they seem like old friends, and then you, you see that you there's an the elephant backstory. in the room. Yeah, and, I, it, and it doesn't really... It doesn't elaborate on that, but there's a, there's a distance apart. Mm -hmm. So, in that time with the Cold War and everything... That subtext is totally predictable what, yeah. what anyone in business or foreign affairs friends from 10 years ago mm. you know they they may have changed uh, obviously and and opinions change and you'll always have that time together but if that, you want to talk openly now you, you can't <laughs> you can't <laughs> you yeah. gotta watch what you say everybody. And, and you can tell they're they're both very guarded in their responses to each other mm -hmm. and, um it, it elaborates even on that there, there's there's almost like a wry smirkiness to, oh, so uh, there's a quarantine going on down there. You're not going to tell me what's going on. He's just like, oh, you know, it's still developing and mm -hmm. I can't really. And they're just like, there's kind of a knowing they're playing the silence. Game. But the 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 rapport between them remains yes. and the friendliness remains as well, which is great. You can tell that the Russian scientists know and understand that that he's in this awkward position they're curious they want to know more and they're disappointed that he won't tell them more but mm -hmm. they also know that if it were their side who discovered this they would be in the exact same, same situation and it could be a an issue of national security absolutely very much so as um, um as william sylvester brings up as dr floyd in the speech that he makes mm -hmm. he's just like everyone just be patient everything's going to be revealed but the president's decision is what I'm following up here. You know, I'm really more than anything just a messenger, but just gotta collect data. You have you to. Find we got to check it out. We got to check it out first. Get back any decisions clandestine. Until we, know. we all know what happens when news spirals out of hand before everything is locked down. So. That's exactly right, and exactly what has happened for our government and other governments in dealing with these kinds of situations in the past, before and since this movie. So yeah. it makes it even more realistic. Yeah. 
I know there have been some conflicting views held by some of you regarding the need for complete security in this matter. More specifically, your opposition to the cover story. Created to give the impression there's an epidemic at the base. <laughs> I understand that uh, beyond it being a matter of principle, many of you are troubled by the concern and anxiety this story of an epidemic might cause to your relatives and friends on Earth. Well, I uh, completely sympathize with your negative views. I found this cover story personally embarrassing myself. However, I accept the need for absolute secrecy in this. And I hope you will, too. Now, I'm sure you're all aware of the extremely grave potential for cultural shock and social disorientation contained in this present situation. If the facts were prematurely and suddenly made public without adequate preparation and conditioning. And um, that that's so fascinating because recently where we had disclosure where a lot of UAPs were... Um, listed and mm -hmm. footage was released and photography was released um a lot of it looks like experimental craft to the naked eye uh something to that liking but uh, mm. yeah there there's still a lot of uh there's a lot of things that the general public is just not privy yeah 18 months ago the first evidence of intelligent life off the earth was discovered. It was buried 40 feet below the lunar surface near the crater Tycho. Except for a single, very powerful radio emission aimed at Jupiter, the four million year old black monolith has remained completely inert. Its origin and purpose, still a total mystery. It's, it, at this point, um, we need to call a suspension of disbelief alert. 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 If you don't want to know, if you've if the mystery of the monolith is something that you want to keep sacred, then turn off now. And we thank you for listening, because what we're about to do is reveal what the monolith is in real life, what it was made of, and you may not want that mystery spoiled. And I would want someone to warn me first, instead of being like, oh, I kind of didn't want to know that. So. We may be haunted by the ghost of one S. Kubrick, but the fact is Michael Benson's already put the cat out of the bag. So, so we're just following in his footsteps. Um, remember I was saying it was going to be glass, clear glass. They were, at this point, they were talking about maybe a pyramid. Anthony Masters, being the art director, there just so happens to be this plexiglass trade show going on nearby the studio. So he went over there, he talked to a vendor, and he says, um, can you make us a, can you make me a 12 foot pyramid? And the guy's like, what? Um, absolutely not, no. Well, what's the biggest you can make it? Well, we can make it bigger 
if it's longer and more rectangular, like a pack of cigarettes. Gee, we ought to do something, Fred. Okay. How's about taking that? I got a better idea. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Try one, Granny. They is first rate. Well, if you say they're really good. Best smoking you ever had. By thunder, Jed. That is good smoking. Yes, folks, the pleasing mildness of a camel is just as enjoyable to a doctor as it is to you or me. So, so okay, let's try that. So, they finalized the dimensions of it. It took a couple of months. And I agree that maybe that's, let's try it. So, they adjusted the, of course, the, the vendor's like, okay, well, first we got to adjust the machinery to fit this thing and all the molding equipment. And then it's going to take a month to cool slowly over time so there's no fractures. Or warping and uh, then we got to take several weeks to polish it just to get it look like one peak piece right now that we're talking three months maybe four months here finalizing this thing that that's the shape that it is well big day comes and tony masters i call him tony like i know him anthony masters you know tone uh anthony probably anthony masters comes into the office and it arrives kubrick's like all right let's go have a look so they walk down the corridor onto the stage so the crew members putting it up and they stop and they look at it and kubrick says looks kind of greenish looks looks like a piece of plastic <laughs> so they stand there and look at it for a minute and then kubrick says well, all right. How much did this cost now? All right. So $50,000 is what this big piece of plexiglass costs. That took like three and a half months to make and get there. Now that's $400,000 in 2018 money. So yeah, definitely a house for the price of this, <laughs> the price of this piece of plexiglass. This this pack of cigarettes and plexiglass. What do you do, right? So the answer is, um, all right, take it away. So they took it away. Long silence. Long walk back into the offices. Now what? Anthony Masters says, we could always paint it black. starts a massive assembly line of monoliths, trying different types of woods until they found a winner. Then they experimented with mixing graphite and that black paint, and after many, many, many coats, they finally achieved that distinctive luster that we all know and love from the movie today. When it comes to the Moon Watchers scene, Dan Richter was afraid to touch it, because this giant expensive thing that they're polishing again, you know, even though it's matte black now, they want to keep it as clean as possible. 
But Cooper's like, no, no, touch it, touch it. You got to go, you know, approach it. He finally did, but pretty terrifying for him. And I always thought, honestly, the way it shot, I always assumed that it was matted in because the way it's lit and everything intentionally is to not give any clear earthly shadowing. And I think that that's where this intense um, light board comes into play. Where you have such meticulous control over your studio lighting that you can create any scenario and, and avoid any unwanted shadows to totally control the image of something that's intentionally shot to confuse the mind and the eye with incompatible lighting scenarios. You know, it's supposed to look oddly juxtaposed. So here's another interesting thing because if there is a spiritual connection taking place in the first monolith interaction, there is a scientific connection taking place an analytical connection taking place with the second monolith on the moon and then finally in the space beyond Jupiter Bowman in the book when he approaches that monolith while in the pod his last line of dialogue is my god it's full of stars so there I don't know I feel like it's maybe both spiritual and scientific My God, it's full of stars. And it's so indicative of what we saw in the film that was the same that, that Dave Bowman has when he's seeing the monolith appear for the first time laterally in Jupiter. But it's so mysterious. Colin Cantwell was in charge of the effects of the sequence. And he finally solved this problem and created the monolith out of construction paper. Yes. <laughs> Placed on top of large format 8 by 10 inch transparencies. Yes. And then the crescent moon and the earth were added respectively in additional animation passes, <laughs> according to Michael Benson on page 360, on page 369 of Space Guards. So the most intriguing, the most perplexing, the most iconic image of mystery and knowledge is alternately a pack of cigarettes out of plexiglass painted black or a piece of construction paper. That's absolutely brilliant. That's film, baby. <laughs> I've been so excited for weeks to tell you about that last part. That's so cool. From Clavia Space, this is Brad. And I'm Wes, signing off. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye.